Welcome to the Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. September 23rd through 27th marked ASIS's Global Security Exchange Conference, one of the epicenters of physical security innovation, inspiration, and creativity. MarketScale attended the conference, and while there, we noticed a common thread among how exhibitors and speakers were communicating the importance of prepping yourself for physical security threats as a business. If you think you're not at risk, you probably are. Barriers to updated software, displays, or practices for dealing with security threats are typically either financial or stem from a general lack of information. But either way are leaving companies spending manpower in misguided ways to secure their employees. On this podcast, we dig into some of these changes in physical security operations, from the back-end software automating the processes to the ergonomics of the operation hubs. We're joined by Robert Cameron, Director of Strategic Initiatives for the Mission Critical Environments Group at Diversified. Cameron, along with his team at Diversified, supply companies with the software and the displays to set up their security operations centers, and knows all about the innovations and challenges that are changing them. He calls in from the GSX trade show floor to give his insights on the practicality of these innovations and how Diversified is educating business owners on them. All right, Robert, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You are joining us from GSX. How exciting is that? How's that show been so far? Oh, for us, it's been a great show. Uh, yesterday was the uh, first day, and uh, we had a lot of traffic at the booth and uh, a lot of very uh, interesting customers that came by, uh, a lot of project opportunities that we're looking at. But it was a good first day, so, yeah, we're, we're happy. Yeah, well, I think security is something that definitely shouldn't go untalked about um, and it's something that can be applied to just about any industry especially as we just get more connected and IOT devices become more integrated into all of our operations there's that added level of security um, with our information and our data as we get more of it there you know there's more of a risk of it falling in the wrong hands so it's great that you were there at that conference and you know, giving uh, giving customers and giving exhibitors your insight, and then now coming on the podcast to give it to us. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dive into the main topic here. I know Diversified's theme at GSX is, are you at risk? So why don't you break that theme down a little bit for me? You know, what is Diversified trying to get across at GSX? Well, at, at GSX, it's it's a security, a physical security show. So I wanted to make that um, distinction uh, up front. Uh, you had talked about data, and um, when we talk about data, that's more on the cybersecurity side of of course. Uh, and and so, I just want to make sure that that there's a distinction there. Physical security show here, uh, GSX is um, for us a, a, a platform to show uh, and talk to customers that have the need for. Uh, mitigating risk and mitigating risk in the security environment is you know making sure that your assets are protected and safe and eliminate as much as possible any of the downsides uh, associated with threats or uh, intrusions to a property uh, threats and and uh, possible harm to employees um, uh, to buildings to vehicles etc Right, right. And so that are you at risk theme, you know, I, I guess that idea that if you think you're not at risk, you 
probably are. Yeah, are you seeing that as a pretty common mentality still among businesses and, and business owners? Because I, I feel like that security conversation isn't something that's foreign to um, to businesses. You know, I, I think that is an important aspect of setting up your space and making sure that it's secure. But maybe people just aren't taking it as seriously as they should be. Well, I, I do think that they take it seriously. The, in fact, uh, security, the physical security marketplace is uh, poised for um, unbelievable growth over the next three to five years. It's just phenomenal what, what's going to happen. So I think people take it seriously. Here's an analogy that I would put out there is uh, for, for a, a lot of organizations and maybe government agencies, um, I think that if you look at an intersection, for example, um, maybe there's not a stop stop sign or a traffic light at an intersection and there's not going to be one until somebody gets fatally injured or you know an accident happens i've seen that so right. many times in communities and that's i guess w w when we say that you know if you think you're not then you probably are it, it's the little bit of i hate to say it but arrogance on or, on people's parts to think that they've got all their bases covered when and maybe they really don't and uh, sure. they're very, very comfortable in their practices and the way that they do business. And, uh, and honestly, a lot of it's driven by budget, too. So it's not necessarily just somebody being arrogant um, and thinking, yeah, I've got all my bases covered. Sometimes it is a budget. Um, uh, it has to do with the financial aspect of can we afford to do all the things we need to do to protect our people and our assets. Right, right. So it's not necessarily that people aren't taking it seriously. It's that they are oh, taking absolutely. it seriously, but they they believe that they've already covered all the bases. You know, they've already set the standard and they're good to go. But I guess it's it's that mentality of there's always, you know, the people that are looking to cause harm might find creative ways to go about doing that. And so if, if you think that you've got all your bases covered, it might be time to not get so comfortable, reassess, and make sure that you and your employees really are safe. Yeah, and you could do an audit, you know, on your physical security systems as well as on your facilities and your campus. If you're a, a, an organization that has a campus of multiple buildings, you can hire consultants to come in and help you do a physical security um, audit to make sure that they can look at where the vulnerabilities may be and points of penetration into a facility or you know, right. uh, where, where threats could be. But I, I, yeah, I don't think that I've run across anybody that doesn't take it seriously. Um, yeah. But I do think people get comfortable in their ways and um, um, and again, budget drives a lot of this, but uh, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a big part of our world today, unfortunately. As, as you know, you see on the news almost daily some type of event that's going on in transportation, in the education systems, in a, a corporate office, or wherever it might be. So, yeah, I do think people take it seriously. Yeah, uh, absolutely, as they should. So let's dig into security operations centers now and sort of analyze those hubs, how they've changed, and where they still need some improvement. So over the last few years, you know, what kind of trends have you seen surrounding security operations centers, whether that is the actual operation side of it, whether that's the technology that goes behind it, whether that's the way they're staffed, you know, what kind of changes have you seen, just overall trends? Yeah, I think if, you know, there are a lot of them that are happening, but let me focus on two, and, and I want to focus on these two because I think that they drive meaningful outcomes for those that want to implement these. 
And the two trends, one's more of a technology trend, one's more of a, a, a human trend, if you will, and, and I'll elaborate on that in a minute. But the, from a technology perspective, what I'm seeing is that in the past, a lot of security operation centers have been reactive. And what I mean by reactive is that we haven't had the technology until maybe the last few years that has been sophisticated enough for operators uh, of security operations centers to be um, predictive in the response of something. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but, but really the trend is that um, more and more security operations centers and the leadership teams are adopting analytics uh, correlation of the analytics, machine learning, and automating their processes to take human error out of the equation. So what that does is, that, and, and we'll be talking about this a lot today, is uh, it drives a performance-based outcome. So that's what you know business owners want. That's what you know the C-suite wants. They want to get results. They want to have uh, you know reductions in incidents that happen. They want to mitigate that risk, they want to have insurance premiums lowered. There's a whole host of you know lawsuits, you, the list goes on, right? So automation of processes and the introduction and use of analytics, correlating those analytics to drive some predictive behaviors that allow them to you know, um, not be so reactive to things. Right. And so are, are you still seeing a lot of these security operation centers still run relatively reactively and manually? Uh, well, yeah, I do. Um, and, you know, again, it's a budget thing and it's a, a, a big ship in the ocean that sometimes takes a while for it to uh, to turn, you know? Right. It's not a little lot of little speedboat out there that can uh, turn on a dime. This is a big uh, aircraft carrier that's out right. there. It takes a few minutes for it to turn. So, yeah, <laughs> right. I, do, I do see that a lot of them are out there that are, um, you know, they're more reactive and, and their process is a lot more manual and involve a lot of human interaction. Um, you know, not maybe some of the bigger, more um, prominent ones that you would see, but certainly in the middle market or the smaller markets where it's a little tougher to come up with money for security operations or software. Um, but yeah, it's still out there. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's difficult because You'd like to think that it's not coming from a place of defiance that, oh, no, we're happy with the way we're doing things, though. I mean, that might be part of the mentality that they think, all right, this is, has worked and it will continue to work. Um, but the budgetary concerns are difficult. And, you know, as this technology gets more intuitive and we can bring artificial intelligence to not just enterprise level companies, but small companies, startups um, that require security. Um, you know, the, the price is high, but hopefully as it becomes more ubiquitous, it becomes more affordable. Yeah, that, that's right. And, you know, I guess the answer to that is, is it more costly to uh, have the loss of a life or some injury at your corporate headquarters because of some, exactly. something and have a million dollar lawsuit versus spending a couple hundred thousand dollars on an automation uh, software and analytics software. That exactly. You. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's really a judgment call about where somebody wants to spend money or, um, you know, where they f find their priorities are. That, that would be the way I would look at it. So when you mentioned that there are these human errors that need to be taken out of the security process, could you dive into those a little bit more? You know, what are those typical 
human errors that might come up in a security operations center and how might automated technology come in and solve those issues? So that, that's a great question, uh, Daniel, and I think the way to answer it is answer it backwards. So the, the last part of that is how, do automation, how does automation you know, address it and then work back into the question because um, really today automation allows a customer, uh, one of our customers or, or a user of, uh, in a security operations center, it allows them to, to automate a process that would be manual. So here's an example. Um, let's say that it's an airport, there's uh, a sensor that goes off uh, that a gate is breached or someone's climbed over a fence and, and there's notification of that. In, in the past, and even still today in many centers, and I'm not suggesting that in a lot of airports it's this way, there are some smaller ones maybe that it's still manual, but in a, in mm-hmm. a lot of situations what, what we're doing today is that that alarm that was triggered because the the gate was breached, for example, or somebody uh, there was motion detected by a camera, uh, now can alert a software um, tool that tells an, uh, an operator, we call them, so a dispatcher, if you will, it right. tell, tells them, first of all, what just happened, so they know, you know, hey, a gate was breached, they know that, then the automation software would allow them to know, you know, where it was, what time it happened, um, they can then correlate that to verify that it it wasn't an error by pulling up video surveillance cameras of the area to see, yeah, okay, now I see there's a truck coming through that now they shouldn't be coming through that gate. And then it, right, and uh, and and the the video surveillance, you know, a, as the technology integrates with timestamps and time codes, you might be able to just, it immediately knows, all right, we had a breach at this time, here's the video feed from that exact time. So you don't even have to waste time digging through the video feed to find, okay, where is it that there was the breach? Well, absolutely, and it allows them to capture all that metadata you just mentioned and even have a historical uh, report of it after the fact. So there's, you know, there's accountability, there's um, documentation as to what happened, but after after they've been notified that this gate, for example, has been breached, they correlate it to see on a video camera, yeah, there's a truck coming through where it shouldn't be. Uh, it would automatically send out notifications to all the key stakeholders that need to be notified of this incident, and thresholds can be set so that it allows certain people to be notified when other things happen. So it, it, it can be you know, um, it's all permission-based, right? So it allows those that need to know to know when they need to know it. And, uh, and, and in the past, working backwards into your question, in the past, it, it was all a manual process where somebody would, you know, if, if they're sitting there, they have to kind of pull open a manual to, or, or pull up some database on their screen and find out who I've got to connect with because this just happened. And let's see, I've got to find their cell phone. Oh, here it is. You know, and it, it was a very clunky process, but but today it's 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 less and less of that. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's that's fantastic. Uh, I don't think people should be worried or concerned or upset that that whole factor is being taken out of the equation. Um, if oh, if anything, it's going to be no, no and, and good, no, and and, yeah. and 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 I'm glad. I'm glad that there isn't any any backpedaling there, or that there is any um, any pushback because. You know, I think oftentimes conversation around we're having technology come in to replace 
human method or you know have human factors to whatever said job oftentimes that leads to okay are we going to be losing jobs you know is this going to be actually detrimental to to workers to people that are relying on a paycheck but in this scenario absolutely not i mean what we're looking at here is we're looking at making these security methods more efficient, more streamlined, more comprehensive, and getting real-time data when there is an issue, not waiting until, you know, 30 seconds, a minute after something is beginning to occur that you start to act on it. Instead, you get that ping immediately, and you can start acting on it immediately to negate that threat before it ever becomes anything life-threatening. Yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, what, what all of these security operators are looking for is how do I not only mitigate risk to the, the people, the assets that I have, but how do I reduce the response time, you know, it takes me to respond to, to any event, whether it's an, an intrusion through an, a door that shouldn't be uh, accessed to, you know, an active shooter possibly in, in your corporate headquarters or in the school or wherever it might be. So it's really you know, trying to reduce that response time. And it's, you know, I have this saying that, you know, in, in the industry that, that we serve for physical security, seconds really do count. We're not talking about minutes anymore, you know. Minutes aren't going to do it. It's seconds. You know, we, we have seconds for, for people to make decisions, and you, sometimes you can't. So that's why the automation of processes really does help when you eliminate that, that the human element of it. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree. So uh, walk me through a little bit of changes within dispatch consoles uh, within these security operation centers. How are the consoles themselves changing, um, you know, whether it's, it's in the design or the software that goes into them? And how is that continuing to benefit this trend of heading towards more comprehensive and more automated technology instead of human methods and relying on... You know, human response time. Right, right. So I'm not sure that there really are, are so many new trends, but 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 let me just say this: um, consoles are a very important part of of any type of uh, command center uh, control room. We call them. That that includes security operations centers, network operations centers, and the list goes on. And the reason they're very important is, um, and again, we go back to this phrase that we have in our business called performance-based outcomes. So a a performance-based security operations center is one that where the ecosystem of all the bits and pieces that make up that center are working harmoniously together. They're working in concert with one another. And, you know, it's not a vacuum. When you have consoles that are designed uh, with comfort in mind, with ergonomics, and with the ability to make that operator as efficient as possible because they can access the things they need to very quickly and easily at the desktop, and from a comfort level, sit-stand is a, is a very big solution now. It's been out for, for many years, but it's becoming more uh, widely accepted in, in these uh, dispatch centers because it allows an operator to be able to stand up and stretch their legs and still continue to work and do the monitoring or analytics that they're called to do. So that's one part. A couple of other things with consoles, it's not necessarily a trend. It's been out there in the marketplace for quite a while, Uh, but is the edging of a a console's work surface. Like most tables are straight, flat, sharp edged. And you know, if you know putting your arms, your forearms on that while you're trying to type on a keyboard, that gets painful after a while. So uh, right. a lot of consoles are made with, with that kind of ergonomic uh, rounded edge, where they call it bullnose edging. And the bullnose edging is typically made out of a very 
it's soft, but it's a, a it, it's a hard rubber at the same time. Um, but it's very comfortable. So th there's a couple examples of the, of in the consoles that aren't necessarily trends, but like I said, that are very important to the whole performance-based security operations center uh, strategy. Right. Well, I mean, just as important as the software that goes into making sure everyone is safe at the workplace is just the design of those security operation centers. I mean, if it's if it's well designed, if the technology in there that you are working on and that you are viewing the potential security threats on is up to speed with the latest in LED displays or in video wall displays, then I mean what what you're getting is a more comprehensive and a more reactive team that can identify, feel more comfortable in their space, and, and therefore provide you know, better security uh, risk management. So I guess that leads me into my next question, which is, I know Diversified began and makes its name and definitely in the audiovisual market in Pro-AV. So I'd like to know, you know, how is Pro-AV and changes and innovations in that market affecting the physical security industry and the way that these uh, operation centers are built out, designed, and then you know how this technology is making it easier for these teams to negate security uh, risks. Yeah, so that's a broad question right there. So let me see if I can. Sure is. <laughs> it really is. But but help me out here if I get a little off track or lost. But I'm I'm going to try to address it first and foremost with visual display technology and yeah that's that that's the the core of i think what i was trying to ask yeah there. yeah no and it's a great question and and so you know for me when i look at and i've been in the industry for 30 years i've specialized in mission critical control rooms for gosh i don't know you know 18 of those or, or maybe even a little longer so i've seen a lot of changes in the visual display technologies going from the old days of the big what they call video wall cubes which were very big, clunky, monstrous, uh, you know, uh, uh, displays that were like rear projection TVs, uh, but that's all that was around at the time and very expensive to now today right. we're, we're, you know, talking about LED and, uh, you know, the pixel pitches on LED have gotten so small that in some applications for mission critical, which would include security operation centers, um, LED is, is a, a choice, right? It might not be the ideal choice today because the technology still has a little bit further to go and the price point needs to come down a little bit for it to be more affordable, but LED is still coming coming on strong. Uh, I still see L LCD is the, the, the dominant technology uh, for any type of mission critical environment. And, and with LCD, there are manufacturers now that are that are actually creating these bezels that go between each of the monitors that, that are hmm. so thin that, that it's almost like it's one large screen. So, in, you know, typically you would see maybe a dozen screens put together to create a large video wall. Um, today you can barely see those seams in it. So, but LCD is, is a technology that's going to be around for a long, long time. Uh, but do, do LED is coming on strong, so that's that's something that maybe in the next three to five years uh, we'll see more of that in the marketplace. Incredible. Yeah. And I mean, as yeah. as that continues to grow and these security operation centers become more comprehensive and more, I guess, for lack of a better word, swagged out, right? That they they have the they have the best technology and they are not only visually appealing, but they are visually on par with the back-end software that's providing the security. As these security operation centers 
continue to be reflective of innovations within the pro AV, the actual like video side of that industry. So adapting to that technology and providing more updated thin bezels, transitioning to LED or just uh, more high definition LCD screens. Um, do you think that providers and manufacturers within the pro AV industry um, will look more toward security operation centers or just projects where they are providing services for security operations as a, a high price point. You know, do, do you see that as, as being profitable for the industry, um, as something that these professionals within Pro-AV are going to turn to more frequently? Oh, a- absolutely. There's, there's no question. I mean, the security market's been here. It's been here to stay, and it's going to continue to stay. The security, like I said earlier, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but the security marketplace, and again, I'm talking physical security, is uh, is poised for unbelievable growth, and it's unfortunate, like I said, but but it's here, right? And so the uh, manufacturers of audiovisual systems, uh, and not just audiovisual systems, but you could any type of communication systems, um, are all looking at this as ways to help uh, end users to again go back to the are you at risk to mitigate those risks and and for example um, the vis- video displays you know the, the LCDs and LEDs they help to establish the common operating picture for those that are in the center and then that in, enhances the uh, situational awareness right so that that that's moving them towards a, a, a closer. Um, utilization of performance-based outcomes. So yeah, these, right. the, these AV um, manufacturers of, of all types are looking at the security space. In fact, here at the show, uh, there are more audiovisual manufacturers here this year than I've seen in the past. And so, you know, that that does show a connection. And, and it goes the other way in the traditional audiovisual show, which is called Infocom in the past. Um, we're seeing a lot more network and a lot more physical security providers attend that show. So it's all becoming this technology platform, um, be it IT, security, AV, communications, uh, collaboration. Right. It's all bundled into this big pot, right, that's being stirred around. <laughs> and uh, so we're all becoming one happy family, I guess is the easiest way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, g- g- gotta love it. I mean, the, the lines yeah. are starting to blur. It's starting to become, you know, almost like... W- w- interchangeable yeah 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 so i'd say the last thing i really want to touch on with you here on this podcast is you know diversified provides a lot of um, a lot of solutions for security operation centers um and i think you are in a really special place to help continue to to push um, these security operations to the next level, whether that is on the video side, the software side. So yeah. I'd really like to know what would your recommendations be for a security operation center that's looking to upgrade? You know, where do they start? Do they start with the video walls, with the video displays and the aesthetic side, you know, making the actual hubs themselves more comfortable, more operational and intuitive. Do they start with the back end, with the software and transitioning to automated technology that is going to make these security operations just faster and more efficient? I feel like I feel like that transition from the traditional security hub 
to assess physical threats to uh, the future or sort of where people should be at now is just so different. There's so many different things that need to change. So how do you address that? How do you help educate and coach um, these businesses to be on par with where they need to be? Well, the the, the direct answer to that is that I I think that um, the number one thing that a operator meaning the leadership team of a security oper- any type of mission critical operations center, if they're either retrofitting an existing facility or if they're designing a new facility, moving to a new facility, whatever the case may be, is to know the outcome that you desire, right? And then if you know what the, what the vision is, what, what you want in a center, either in, in looks, in performance, and um, you know, what the outcome that they want, that that's a a great place to start because then you know what you're working towards. But I would say, going back to what I've said a few times, is that these centers, and there's a saying in our industry that's called four walls in, which means the room itself, which is the security operations center in that room, it's an ecosystem, right? So the, the consoles, the seating, the lighting, the HVAC systems, your heating and air conditioning systems, the traffic foot patterns, the video wall, the software, everything about that room works harmonious, needs to work harmoniously together. No different than an ecosystem in a pond when you have the different types of wildlife and the, you know, it just, it has to work together. And and a lot of customers, one of the mistakes I see them make is they do this in, in disparate ways. So, you know, they, they look at the consoles, they go shop around and find a console. Then they look for video walls and they go find the video wall. And what they hadn't thought about is, well, if I buy this consoles and my monitor, I have 24 inch monitors, uh, am I gonna be able to see the bottom of the uh, the displays if I have the displays mounted on the wall this way? And you know, they don't take into account the ceiling height. They don't take into account a lot of different factors that uh, when you look at the room as, as one big environment and how does all this need to work together, um, that, that's what drives a performance-based outcome for these centers. And so the, the direct answer is I think that they, they create a team of people early in the project that are internal to their organization and external. So a, a good architect would be one of the things they need. A, a good general contractor, that and both of those um, assets would need to have good ears, right? Everybody has to be willing to listen to, to what the other subject matter experts are bringing to the table. Because when you get architects, general contractors, IT, facilities, then you get some leadership stakeholders, then you get some of the exterior uh, you know, consultants or subject matter experts like us. You get a lot of people in a room and everybody has a lot of different ideas, right? So the, the whole goal is everybody has to have two ears and one mouth and listen a lot and come to the table with constructive uh, a- answers to, to get them them being the customer to the outcome that they've defined that they want. And so the team is important, get it established up front, have a subject matter expert in the video display area and s- more specific to that, that room. So, you know, a company like ours specializes in the consoles, we specialize in the software, we specialize in the video wall, and we can help a customer understand how all that needs to work together to make that operator sitting there at that console more efficient and more effective. So getting that team together is the first part and knowing the outcome that you're, you're driving for. Now sometimes the outcome, you don't know that up front until you get all the team put together 
together and you can start talking about it. Because some people may have one vision, some people have another vision. Um, but, but those two things, I think, are the most important uh, aspects of where do you get started. Absolutely. And, and I mean, providers like yourselves, I think, are put in this interesting position where as the technology and the displays and the ergonomics and everything of the security operations center has become more advanced, you know, you're, you're not just providers, you're also coaches, you're also educators, and, and you come in and you make sure that the, the uh, clients themselves fully understand what it is they're getting themselves into, what they need, and, uh, you know, really continuing to build out those relationships are, are really important. And it's it's even more important when you're dealing with human life and something like the physical threats, physical security. You want to make sure that that relationship is solid and that you're providing the best uh, best customer service possible. So that's yeah. it's, it's a really exciting time, absolutely, for, for security operation centers and just for assessing physical threats and um, getting them locked down, especially with new software, new video displays, new ergonomics, everything, making, making the security operation center feel comprehensive and, and fresh again. You're right. It is a very exciting time. And I think that one of the things that, uh, when you ask me what are the trends that are going on, that I think your first question, and, and I'd mentioned the analytics, I mentioned correlation and, and process automation, but one of the things I didn't mention that I was hoping to get to, and we've moved around a lot, and this has been a great conversation, but one of the things that I'm seeing is that leadership in these security operations centers are starting to more and more adopt the, um, the, the ergonomics, the human factor issues that, again, all drive a performance-based outcome. And, and what I want to leave the audience with is there are so many nuances and so much science behind the technology of a video wall, certain aspects of different types of, of software, the consoles, right. all the way down to the seats that these operators sit in to be ergonomically designed to be more comfortable, reduce stress, reduce fatigue the lighting in the room. Uh, there have been countless studies made over the decades about how light affects work performance. And if, if somebody is going to build out a new security operations center, why would they not look for the subject matter experts out there that could help them fine tune their new center or renovating a center why would they not do that to help tweak this to get the best possible outcome they can? Because it's it's more than just about a video wall to put stuff on. It's more than about a console that is just a place for somebody to work. This is a the, 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 this there are so many layers to this. It's no different than if you you watch golf or a sport like baseball. If you just watch it for the entertainment factor, you're going to miss all the nuances of the strategy and the science behind how a, a baseball is made, why, why does it have the stitching the way it has it, why are the bats made the way that the bats are made, and, and you know, the list goes on, why, why are the shoes made the way the shoes are made, to make them faster, more comfortable, and that's no different than in a security operations center, all these little tiny nuances and the science behind it. Let's put that to use for people to make them more productive, reduce the times to response, and increase the ability for people to make better decisions, which at the end of the day is going back to our theme, are they at risk? And you know, if they if they are, are if they don't think that they are, then they probably are, right? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's it, it's all a big soup, like you said. It's it's a big nuanced mix of different um, different venues that you have to approach this from, uh, from the design to the software 
to everything in between, to the human yep. factors. I mean, it's it's difficult, but it's an exciting time as things continue to innovate and change. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how these security operations centers continue to evolve and how diversified and yourself continue to play a role in educating businesses and business owners on just the, the great new technology and uh, on changing their mindset of how they should approach physical security. So yep. thank you so much for coming on the podcast and giving us your insight on this, especially coming in from the show. It's, it's great having someone call in from GSX, getting that live insight. So again, thanks. Well, no, and I appreciate it too. And uh, the timing's good for us to conclude because we've got people here in the booth. So <laughs> thanks I again. love it. Time, yep. to, time, to, time to switch gears. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.